1: This streamlined process will save you the time, money, and energy needed to concentrate on marketing and other creative content strategies before your item is in stock and ready for sale. Visit simoglobal.com to learn more because a picture should be worth 1,000 keywords. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast.
0: You are listening to episode number 30 of the Awesomers Podcast. That's episode number 30, and you can find the show notes and details at awesomers.com/30. That's awesomers.com slash 30. As always, by the way, that's a secret code. Now, today, my special guest is Tess Davis. And Tess brings 20 years of experience in sales, marketing, and customer relations to RGT Marketing. While her husband says she should run for mayor, she prefers to indulge her passion for helping entrepreneurs build their brands. She and her partner, Renee, have countless examples demonstrating success on Amazon and are expanding their influence to other platforms including Walmart.com, eBay, and Jet.com. Tess and her husband enjoy living in the Tampa Bay area of sunny Florida while they're waiting for their adult children to move out and give them grandkids. Sounds like there's quite an agenda there. Now, one of the things that I love about Tess and Renee's company, RGT, is that they are all about helping entrepreneurs build a brand. And building a brand is something that, as I'd like to say, builds long-term equity. So it doesn't matter what sales channel you sell on, if you are interested in learning how to build a brand and how to generate awareness and kind of get good, positive um, experiences in the marketplace with your new products, this is an episode you should be paying close attention to. Okay, Awesomers, we're back again. Steve Simpson here uh, bringing you another podcast. And today I'm joined by special guest, Tess Davis. How are you, Tess?
2: Hi, Steve. Nice to be here.
0: Good. I'm glad to have you. Thanks for taking the time uh, and uh, help uh, sharing your wisdom as an Awesomer authority uh, in the field of branding. And that's, that's a field that I really uh, I encourage people to think about branding from the, the big picture often. And I'm glad that you guys have kind of carved out this niche, if you will, to focus and help brands kind of develop a true branding strategy versus just kind of a, uh, you know, the, the tactical get a sale today strategy. So uh, I want to talk a little bit about your background and where you came from first, if you don't mind. Uh, So tell us again, uh, for your, for your business background, you know, when did you get started in this uh, most recent endeavor?
2: Um, So probably over a little over a year ago, we started RGT marketing. but the background, uh, we, we had our own brand um, successfully on Amazon, sold it successfully, branded it successfully. And, um, you know, so we understand what it's like for sellers out there. We feel their pain to get the word out about their brand. Um, we, we got pretty good at what we do. So we are extending kind of to, to other sellers to help them get their brand out.
0: Yeah, it's a really, um, you know, it's a, a pretty, um, I don't know, maybe it's an up-and-coming type of story where you find something that is really working for you and uh, you're able to help kind of leverage some of that uh, knowledge and some of those strengths onto other sellers, which is a, is a pretty uh, inviting uh, proposition for sure. So as you started this, this concept, well, let's talk about your, your first business just a little bit. Um, when you guys started selling on Amazon, what was your original vision? What was it just to earn a little extra money? Was it to create new businesses? What, what was the idea behind that?
2: Um, So it was, it was to create an income uh, that would ho- eventually support two couples. And mm, that's a lot
0: of people that's four adults, everybody.
2: <laughs> yeah. And a, and a mess of kids that go along with that too, actually. Oh um, well,
0: yeah. If you add a pack of kids to four adults, that's real money.
2: Yes. So that was our vision. Um, and we knew that, you know, it wasn't going to happen overnight. Um, so we wanted to build wisely, you know, build smart and, and build it well. Um, so I guess that was, you know, we started with one product. We added a couple more.
0: Yeah, I think that's, you know, again, I, I like to kind of reflect on these types of origins because for awesomers, you know, the the, the reasoning and the, the backgrounds are quite varied, right? It could be every everything from a story like you just shared, Tess, all the way through to, you know, somebody who just needs an extra couple hundred bucks a month to put their kid in school or whatever the the case may be. And so that, you know, but the the genesis of the idea got started, and then you've developed this skill of branding and being able to develop brand awareness. And now for any e-commerce company out there, we all know, whether you're Amazon-centric or, or, you know, across multiple channels, Mm -hmm. that Without brand awareness, you're going nowhere. So, how when did you guys kind of stumble onto that idea that you have to get branding out there and get awareness going before sales are going to follow it?
2: Um, well, pretty close to the beginning. Uh, Renee and I are very social, she's, she's my business partner, and uh, and our husbands. Um, are more kind of on the IT background, although Renee's husband is is very social as well. Actually, we're all pretty social, but my husband stays far away from social media. But Renee and I thought, well, let's get a few friends to to buy our product. And so we got friends and family. We've got a ton of them. We've traveled all over. Um, We both come from big families. So we said, let's get our friends and family to buy our products, um, tell us what they think. And, and that really, it helped us a lot. It, uh, you know, the, the side benefit of we, we gave them the keyword to, to search and they found our product. And then we found ourselves moving up in the ranks of Amazon, which was sweet. And then our sales went really well. We got really lucky with our first product.
0: Uh, yeah it 's a really smart strategy to be able to, to say, Hey, you know first of all let 's get some people to try out the product let 's get them to yeah. uh, buy the product uh, on amazon and and here 's an idea what if what if we associate a keyword with that uh, and again, this is not so much a breakthrough strategy it 's just a well executed strategy. Um, you know a lot of people understand this as a premise, but very few execute on it well, so you guys were able to find traction early on uh, yeah. from this very insightful lesson you know it's it's rare for somebody so early to know how to put those pieces together so kudos to the team there and then once that started going i presume as the sales increase you realize that the 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 power of kind of having that that loyal following uh to to move from product to product was compounding in in its effect is that true
2: yes absolutely true um and we do have a, a really loyal group um you know, they started, what, what else you got? And, you know, we did everything that Amazon sellers are supposed to. We had email follow-ups and we had a card in with our products that, you know, gave them um, access to our website and discounts on future products and all that kind of thing. And um, so, yeah, it it went well.
0: Again, again, all of those things are none of it's breakthrough, right? The idea of having you know a, a nice insert to to establish the brand credibility, and hey, if you have a problem, don't hesitate to reach out to us. We're here Absolutely. for you. All, all of this is kind of uh, you know sticking to your knitting, as I like to say. But the reality is, most people don't either deploy it to begin with, or they don't execute with excellence. So kudos to you guys for getting that done. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about kind of the common problem that that sellers have when they launch a product or trying to re-rank a product. Uh, And and we're gonna get your thoughts about that, but we'll be right back after this.
1: Catalyst 88 was developed to help entrepreneurs achieve their short and long-term goals in e-commerce markets by utilizing the power of shared entrepreneurial wisdom. Entrepreneurship is nothing if not lessons to be learned. Learn from others. Learn from us. I guarantee that we will learn from you. Visit Catalyst88.com because your success is our success. A giddy up. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast.
0: Okay, here we are back again. Steve Simpson here with Tess Davis, RGT Marketing, and uh, as always, don't worry. In the show notes, we'll have really good links and uh, easy ways to, to follow up and get access and, and uh, recap all the things we're talking about, including contact information, etc. Uh, but Tess, before we uh, went to the break, I I talked about you know kind of framing the common problem that entrepreneurs have, and mm. let, let's start. There's two common problems that I want to address. One is when somebody first launches a product, can you describe some of the challenges that that sellers go through uh, with this this type of new launch situation?
2: Well, a new launch you've got no reviews, you've got no sales, obviously, and so really visibility um, How are people going to find you? Yeah but that's. Oh, you know, that's uh, <laughs>
0: Brilliant and uh, descriptive. Uh, I can I can say without a doubt that there's there's a, a mis a perception in in some ways that people think oh well I heard that people are selling stuff on Amazon so if I put something on Amazon then uh, you know the the gravy train ha- has arrived to the station and all as well but I describe it often as like the galaxy of billions of stars and your product is one little tiny dot in the sky nobody can really see it and let alone find their way to, to reach that star. So right. when, when you have no reviews and you have no sales and, and kind of no visibility, what, what do you have to do to kind of address that concept?
2: So, you know, we, like I said, we've launched successfully. We understand the pain and the, and the struggle. And I know there are services out there that will just help you rank. Um, but we kind of use a three prong approach. We uh, will evaluate your listing um, because you can have a great product, but if you're not, um, if, you're, if your listing isn't written well, if you don't have the right, um, the relevant keywords, if you're not relevant for your product and, and in the marketplace, um, that's going to cause a problem. It's going to slow you down. So we'll evaluate your listing. Um, add any critique and and uh, just from our experience and then we have our product testing focus group which grew out of our original friends and family list Um, and we and and this is for Amazon but we're also you know we will help the brand awareness um, on several platforms on Walmart on Jet on eBay Um, But we have this product testing focus group that will provide a search, find, buy, experience, full price, full price purchase. And, um, and then we, you know, that's a rebate program that we manage for Amazon sellers. And then the third thing is we have, our buyers will give feedback. Um, After a few days, after they've received the product, we send out a three question questionnaire three question survey that they complete and you know if, you're, if your listing is hard to read or um, just just the whole experience, the buying experience from the buyers and we can provide that feedback as well to the yeah, and
0: I think that's an important point, right? It starts with relevancy. And mm-hmm. you know two years ago relevancy was not nearly as important as it was today. You could You could really rank on a broad set of keywords just because the keywords were stuffed into your listing or into your title or your bullet points. And by the way, this is, this is largely Amazon-centric uh, mm-hmm. data we're talking about, but it really does apply to the Walmarts and the Jets yeah. and the other platforms. It, really, all general search engines are now moving towards relevancy and away from, you know, you stuffed a bunch of keywords in here and we're going to reward you for it. So right. it doesn't matter how many back-end keywords you have. In fact, the keywords can compete against one another for relevancy. And so when people get a little too broad in their, their uh, kind of reach, uh, in my experience, anyway, that can reduce relevancy for other perhaps more important terms. So it sounds like Mm -hmm. your optimization part of the puzzle is helpful to, you know, establish that is the listing worthwhile? Is it relevant? And that that's a really good place to begin. Uh, Have you found I, I would assume that, you know, sellers sometimes are kind of, uh, they can't see the forest because of all the trees. So have you found that you've been able to give advice that was fruitful in that relevancy standpoint?
2: We have. And actually, I, I've been um, pleasantly surprised at the, at the humility. The people are willing to get the input. And, um, and we have. I've, we've been able to give input to modify the listings, just tweak them uh, a bit and with good results.
0: That's good. Uh, so again, one of the, the basis of branding is to be able to identify this problem of is my listing, you know, optimized is a common word that's used. Um, sure. and what that means is is the title properly written? Is it again relevant to whatever your, your primary search terms might be? Uh, and let's not forget that search is still the primary way people find products on Amazon. Very few use the browse tree. Very few go into, oh, I'm gonna go into electronics and then then I'm gonna get into, you know, whatever telephones and I'm gonna find my phone. No, they just type in, what's the best phone or, you know, uh, uh, best gift for dad, you know, whatever the case is. And without those search terms being relevant to your listing, you will be invisible. Mm -hmm. You just simply won't be found. So as we move from kind of that relevancy, uh, you indicated kind of one of the next steps is to have this um, opportunity to reach out to kind of, uh, a rebate panel or or some other panel of um a group where people will say hey I'll take that product and and I'll buy that product and I'll check it out and and that helps build awareness for the brand do yes. you find that um you know you have enough clients that are interested in in participating in these types of programs in other words not not the sellers but the the ultimate you know kind of testers or rebate you know people
2: we do. Um, like I said, it, this the, our, our network grew out of our friends and family and it has expanded to their friends and family. Um, but each person that's added to our group is personally vetted by, usually by Renee. Um, she manages that group really well. And so so we're not advertising on Google, hey, join our group. These are all people that have been personally vetted and trained by us that you know this is how we do things in our group.
0: Um, no, and- I think that's really an important point. Um, so uh, for, for anybody who's built you know kind of what I like to call world-class brands, big brands, you should know that kind of this, this user panel and, and putting together these testing panels and awareness panels, this is a common tactic used by big brands. In the past we would have to go and we would tell a, a marketing company, hey you know, go put 12 people in a room, we'll bring our product in, we'll get the feedback, you know, or we'll do a mystery shopper thing. Uh, today, it's so much better because it's all online and it's enabled to, to kind of make these strong vetted connections, but still uh, smooth out the, the rough edges of, of communication using the online method. So, I think that's really, really smart. And to build a brand, you have to first get awareness, and you have to, in, in my mind, you have to get product um, feedback. And I, mm-hmm. I like the idea that you guys will, will send out this uh, you know, two or three question just okay. to, to, to prompt people to say, hey, what did you like? What didn't you like? Because mm-hmm. for brands, that kind of feedback is critical, especially if you're launching a brand new product. Yes. Have you found that uh, any key takeaways have come as a result of this process?
2: So this is a fairly um, a new part to our process, this survey, mm-hmm. uh, because we don't Ask our um, our shoppers to buy, to submit a review. Um, we thought this would be a valuable feedback for the sellers to be able to do this, and they're very willing. Um, and it's simple questions, you know. If you are shopping for a similar product in the future, would you buy this brand, um, and and why or why not? And
0: yeah, and I think that's really smart. You know, one of the key brand questions any brand should put in front of a customer is would you recommend this to a friend right that's that's always the key litmus test to decide if you know somebody would recommend this to their friend or family and um you know because amazon has their reviews in such a state of um chaos i will call it uh there's you know, I think that RGT has made a, a positive and proactive step to say, we're not getting in that business. We've never been in that business. Mm-hmm. And I think that's an important point. A lot of people as sellers, we get uh, short sighted and perhaps greedy. It's like, hey, uh, make them leave a review too. But it's like, no, that, it's against Amazon's policies. Amazon doesn't want any kind of chicanery. So by leaving that entirely off the table, if somebody happens to leave a review, it's because they wanted to leave a review, not because they were incentivized or otherwise encouraged to do so. So I think that's very, very smart. Did you guys, was that something that you calculated in the beginning or is just, it was like, ah, that's extra work. We don't want any part of that. How, how did you decide on that policy?
2: Well, exactly. We, we don't want to come under scrutiny. Um, we know Amazon's cracking down on, they, they don't want... Uh, they don't want people to buy reviews, essentially. So we've told people, look, if you're completely wowed by the awesomeness of a product, great, leave a review. And, and many of them do, but we'll never ask for a review.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really important point. Um, some people have recently talked about uh in middle of 2018, the great review purge, where more than 2 million reviews were just bounced out of the equation. Mm-hmm. And this is my issue with it is many of these are false positives. I know plenty of sellers who don't operate even any feedback requests. They they don't email the people asking for reviews. It's just all come naturally. But they're getting the algorithm that Amazon is using is getting some false positives. So some some legitimate reviews are being taken away. Let alone the reviews even now by friends and family. Those are going to go bye bye. Um, know that Amazon does have a a data sharing. Um, agreement with Facebook. They haven't explicitly said, if your Facebook friend leaves a review, we're gonna ignore that or otherwise, you know, not trust that review. But we do know that Amazon has a Facebook data sharing arrangement. That's a public uh, record yeah. Facebook disclosed recently. So we should just assume that all of that kind of stuff is off the table. Review clubs uh, have been whacked. There really is no future in trying to game that system. And man, I would never encourage anybody to kind of go down that road because it's just, it's always like just trying to stay ahead of the sheriff, right? You're, you're always looking at the rearview mirror, are the lights on, am I getting pulled over? And and you know, the the uh, Johnny Law's coming. So just stay away from that. And I, I salute you guys for taking that premise from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about this idea of uh, another, what I think is a common problem is, uh, maybe a product was launched and over time, maybe they ran out of stock or there are other issues. And the ranking has now gone down in Amazon's A9, you know, organic search results. Um, and and not just Amazon. This also happens on Walmart and other sites. Sure. What does somebody do when they have this kind of uh, situation? What's your recommendation?
2: Um, so, you know, it's a little bit different than a new launch in that you, you're not looking for giant volume or, or giant not necessarily a giant move up in, in rankings, but um, we've, we've seen people come back and they just want to do a rebate program of, you know, maybe five a day for six to eight days um, where they rebate the product. So just to get a little bit more consistent sales, regular sales, and, um, you know, sometimes that's enough just, just to boost
0: yeah, I suppose it would Increase depend the on visibility, the
2: visibility. That's the word. Yeah,
0: that's right. The visibility goes up as a result of kind of consistent sales. Mm-hmm. Uh, Amazon's A nine algorithm and others, Walmart, uh, Jet, uh, even Sears and Newegg, all mm-hmm. of these guys will reward uh, listings that have some sort of sales, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, particularly when they're associated with uh, keywords, which is what drives the organic ranking results. Now. When, when somebody has this relaunch problem uh, issue, uh, I suppose it's an opportunity as much as it's a problem. Maybe five a day works for some guys with lower volumes, but in, in more competitive areas, it might need to be a little bit higher than that. What's your uh, thoughts?
2: Yeah, so we have, I mean, we probably use the same tools that everybody else does to do some keyword research and, and figure out um, what, what the competitive, the competition is. Yeah. Um, that's the issue with visibility is Your competitors are overtaking you. Um, so yeah, so we can do, we can do up to a hundred a day. Um, Giddy up. for, you know, for one product or for, you know, cum- cumulative products, uh, yeah, up to a hundred a day. And so whatever's needed.
0: Yeah. That's a and very impressive range. Thanks. Uh, uh, so before we talk about kind of the. The, 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 we'll, we'll summarize what the solution is and maybe uh, uh, add a, a call to action and perhaps even a prediction of the future. Uh, we're going to take another quick break and we'll be right back.
3: Hey, Amazon Marketplace professionals, congratulations on your success to date. Your creativity, strategic vision, problem solving, and discipline have allowed you to build your own e commerce business. Wouldn't it be great if you had more time to focus on the things that truly drive the sales and growth of your company? Instead of getting lost in a dozen different services and countless spreadsheets, what if there was one system that connected to your Amazon account and automatically gave you the information that you needed to make great decisions and really impact your business? Parsimony ERP can do that. Parsimony is the business operating system for your marketplace business. With Parsimony, you get true double entry bookkeeping, easy financial statements, full customer service tools, and item-by-item item profitability, along with project and task management, and more features are being added all the time. Learn more at parsimony.com. That's parsimony, P-A-R-S-I-M-O-N-Y.com. Parsimony.com. We've got
1: that. You're listening to The Awesomers Podcast.
0: Okay, we're back again. Steve Simpson here with Tess Davis, uh, RGT Marketing, talking about the concept of branding. And we're going to summarize some of the things we've talked about here and and try to put a, a fine point on, on some of these items. So uh, e-commerce uh, players of all kinds have various channels they sell in. Uh, I think that premise of when you launch a product or when you lose ranking on a product, you need to consider how to get visibility to those products. And that's what we're talking about today is a brand needs to have visibility and uh, also known as awareness for the uh, those keeping score at home. So to increase that, um Tess has talked about a couple ideas. And Tess, so that the primary idea is first we got to take a look at the listing. Let's talk about that again in, in brief detail.
2: Okay, so yeah, we want to make you sure that your listing is optimized so that it's um that it's relevant for uh the, the keywords people are gonna use to search for you and find your product. Um just that and then when when people find you that it's going to be something that is going to convert to a sale when they find your listing. So yeah, we want to optimize it for you.
3: Right.
0: Well said. And so that that you know, understanding that the product is going to lead to the results you intend is the beginning, right? The idea of forcing awareness on a product listing that is improperly written or not relevant is a waste mm-hmm. of time for everybody and it will not yield long-term results. I think that we can agree on that, right? There is no long-term sustainable effort on a poorly written listing. Right. No amount of uh, branding effort will help. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so then once we, once we do that, then one idea to increase awareness and one of the, the best ideas, I think, is running some sort of rebate offer out there mm-hmm. uh, where a brand can say, hey, uh, for, for these, this particular audience, um, you know, who takes advantage of this offer, we're going to offer a rebate and, uh, you know, tell us in practice, you know, how does that work? Uh, are you able to, you know, take the work off of the seller and as the agency, you know, dealing with all the details, is that the, the key advantage for sellers?
2: Uh, I think so. we using our, our network of shoppers, um, we schedule a number of days, um, if you've got an eight-day rebate campaign you want to run, we schedule a certain number of shoppers each day. They get explicit instructions of how to, what to search for, um, the kind of purchase to make. We manage the rebate, so we, you know, we disperse the, the rebate payments. And as I said before, you know, follow up with some feedback surveys. So at the end of that time, I am able to send a full report to the seller and show them this is how many sales. Um, And, and as a side benefit, okay, this is where you were ranking for this keyword beforehand. And this is where you are now after all these rebated sales.
0: Yeah. It's a nice fringe benefit. I did a a test with a a product that we need to to relaunch. Uh, I had bought a company, um, just a small company, and they they felt that they were going to be in stock basically forever on the the item that they had hmm. and, um, and you know they, it was just too much they were concerned about long term storage and it, what I, I call this it was not no disrespect to them, but I call it a throwaway deal. It was just a, a small deal and, and we bought this company, but we sold out within thirty days, and then it was Chinese New Year and we just kind of had a, a, a long set of annoying problems that went along with hmm. uh, running out of stock right and we went to be honest if they would have just held it and they did the same things we did they would have been in the money um but you know fair enough uh, everybody had their reasons and so we needed to relaunch the product and as i recall it was ranked for its it's kind of primary targeted keyword somewhere in the 260 to 270 range do you remember test by any chance I'll, I'll just I'll, I'll quote it myself I, I think it was around 265 Uh, roughly. And after eight days and 125 rebates, uh, we were able to increase the organic ranking to like position three for that particular keyword. And that's, you know, that's a very compelling result in a very short period of time. And that's tangible. This is not conjecture. This is not theory. This is an actual tangible result. And that's not the only one. I'm sure Tess that you've had other success stories along that line. Yes?
2: We have. Um, It's it's really rare that we can't get you on the first page. And again, it's you know, are you relevant? The keywords that you're looking for um, are they relevant? Are they within the right price range for your product and your competition? Um, But yeah, it's I can count on one hand the number of products that I I think haven't reached the first page.
0: It's again when you think about branding, you have to think about you know how do you generate that awareness. And rebate programs have been around for decades. Uh-huh. Uh, I, I used to walk into Comp USA. Um,
2: oh
1: gosh,
0: millennials can go look that up. Uh, what that <laughs> was in the past, but uh, you know, it's kind of like a Best Buy, and they would just have this wall, a giant wall, uh, you know, hundreds of feet long with, and they would all have these tiny little rebate uh, cards, and right. they were annoying for the customers. Uh, they were annoying for you know the the agency who was managing the rebates because they would get you know, all kinds of mail, and they had to match the mail to these receipts. I mean, it's just a complete nightmare. And and today, with all the technology and and the leverage, it's much easier to kind of facilitate this awareness of rebate campaign without oppressing the customer or burdening the the seller. I think that's where your agency plays a pivotal role.
3: Yeah,
2: I agree. And I managed um, a rebate program for um, a security company. Um Social Security Systems. And I can tell you, yeah, what a pain. Uh, one of the, one of the major parts of my day was handling phone calls from people who had mailed in their repate, rebate, you know, because it was a snail mail form. And were and then it says, you know, allow 12 to six weeks. And yeah, so it's it's a hassle and and it just ends up leaving everybody with a bad experience, a bad taste in their mouth. So even if they really enjoy the product, the whole rebate experience might sour them on it.
0: Boy, that's...
2: Using using the modern modern technology and online, it's a piece of cake.
0: Such a very good point that, you know, the bitterness that goes along with a negative experience of rebate (laughs) management is uh, far and wide reaching. And... uh, You know, that's the irony. As you try to build a brand and then you offer a rebate program, uh, many of the older brands, uh, you know, the legacy brands, we'll call them, part of their objective was to get rebate breakage. Uh, Breakage is what happens when people, they don't mail in the coupon or they don't take advantage of it. But our mission is not to oppress the customer or somehow beat them out of the rebate. Our mission is to build awareness and, Mm -hmm. and get practical feedback um, without violating any rules, and and that's how you can develop a brand. And I'll give you one quick story. Uh, one of the the products we launched, we had two hundred samples made. We sent them out all to kind of the top um, Amazon reviewers at the time. This is a couple of years ago, and the intent was to get their feedback. We didn't really care if they left us a review. Uh, We just needed experts who were early adopters and who were kind of well-known product testers to give us the feedback. And we got, no doubt, at least five or 10 key parts of that product that would have been a massive fail for us if we didn't get their feedback. Things as small as, uh, this happened to be a a keyboard type of product, the, the feet on the bottom of the keyboard, the ones we were using, they were too slippery or they would fall off and it, it was literally pennies to fix that, yeah. but we didn't, we didn't pick it up when we did all the inspections and all, all the other uh, due diligence that we did. So, you know, this idea that once you have a product ready to go to market that you're done, it's, it's definitely not a complete idea. Branding is about iteration. It's about kind of continuous improvement. And I think, isn't that part of the point of what uh, you guys are doing, Tess, you and your partner, Renee?
2: Sure, the feedback form, um, if that can be valuable to the sellers, um, and it's, it's not only the product, but the experience. Um, you know, if there are issues with a product, was the customer service responsive? Because that's a big part of a brand too, is how you treat your customers. Um, so yeah, we wanna, we wanna give the sellers feedback on the whole experience from finding the product, um, you know, navigating Amazon to find the product, reading the listing, shipping, you know, and, and any customer service that comes after.
0: Yeah, once again, uh, you know, a world class brand is built on that entire customer journey, that entire experience. It's not just a single point of contact. I think that's very right. good point. Um, the other thing that I would just uh, like to share with Awesomers is that. My own opinion, I have one of my axioms that I'll share at another time, but it basically says something like a world class brand does not live in a single channel. And that that doesn't not, so, so I'm implying that if you just list on eBay or you just list on Etsy or you just list on Amazon, I am more or less saying you will not have a world class brand. Hmm. Uh, if you stick to that single channel. Now, on the other hand, I'm not saying you don't have a valuable brand. I'm not saying you don't have a brand that you can build equity in and that can generate actual wealth. But I'm just saying that if you truly want a world-class brand, you have to think about having more than one channel over time. And a, a real brand makes efforts over whatever time and whatever resources make sense to build that brand across multiple channels. And I think that's a big important key that, that tests and the gang over there at RGT have contemplated, is they said, well, you know, we're not uh, channel-centric on one, one place. We'll go where the, the brands need us to go. And I think that's a, a pretty strategic choice. Uh, as you guys uh, kind of expand, I want to talk a little bit about the future. What, what, what do you see happening with Amazon or with your business or with both over the next couple of years? What, what's your thoughts?
2: Well, so the competition isn't getting any smaller, right? Um, as you said, everybody's going, well, Amazon, that's the, the gravy train. Let's jump on. Um, so I see a lot of competition. I see um, really all the online platforms. I mean, I, I've talked to girlfriends who are like, oh, if I don't have to go to a store, I won't. If I can get it online, that's how I do it. Um, Christmas shopping, you know, all, Any of that, if people can do it online, that's definitely, that's where they're gonna be doing it. Um, And I see, so the the competitiveness will increase and I think each of those platforms is going to really um, narrow down or, or weed out anybody who's not a serious contender in the marketplace. Whether it's by, you know, bipping your reviews or what have you.
0: Yeah, I think that's probably a very wise uh, a projection there for the future, which is, uh, first of all, we know the competition is not a static uh, situation, it's a dynamic environment. And mm-hmm. the more opportunity something shows, uh, whether it's Amazon or any other platform, the more people are going to chase that in. Now, the good news is, uh, and you alluded to this, the tide is rising. You know, as you and your girlfriends talk about shopping online, this, people often forget. <gasps> Uh, some of the stats that I think are important to recall. First of all, uh, they'll tell you, hey, Amazon is 50% of the e-commerce market, so why bother with anything else? Fair enough. That's fine. I'll just set that point aside for a minute. And it's actually quite true. Amazon is the the 800 pound gorilla taking up at least half of the market and probably growing. They're probably going to eat some more market share there. so uh, before I come back to that, I would put a little asterisk and go. By the way, BlackBerry had eighty percent of the market at one point. Where are they now? So <laughs> let's not, you know, let's put a pin in that. Okay. Um, so the the what that means is for Amazon right now, all product searches, not all, but the majority of product searches originate on Amazon, not on Google. Now Google's doing what they can to combat that. Facebook is doing what they can to combat that. And again, they don't have a dyna- or they don't have a static situation. They're their competition and competitive landscape is also quite uh, dynamic. So, what does this mean? That that means more big players are trying to capture pieces of this pie, and that that's good for all of us, the sellers out there. It's also good for all the consumers because you know more options and more access uh, that are easier and convenient. That's good for them. Uh, but I'll, I'll go back to that point of everybody says, "Well, gosh, if Amazon's fifty percent of the market, why bother with going anywhere else?" Uh, the, the total online market is still less than. Uh, I'm going to round it off and then call it about 10% of the total retail sales market. Hmm. That means 90% is done offline. And um, I, I have stats that I could share with with folks, but uh, and, and a couple of these are a year or two old. But the the entire growth rate of retail was maybe uh, 2% or 3% a couple of years back, and everybody's like, "Ha." Huh, who cares? You know, uh, Online grew at 25%. Uh, the reason why we should care and at least pay attention is because that 2% growth in retail was more than all of online combined. There are trillions done at retail, and online is still a, a very nascent small part of the market. The best news, however, is that because online is still so small, in the next five, maybe six years, it will double. So the tide is going to rise significantly online because of the, the attitude that you have talked about with your girlfriends. Why bother, you know, especially Christmas shopping? Are you kidding me? That, yeah. You want to go in there and fight somebody over the, uh, you know, the Walmart uh, $2 CD player or whatever the case is? Forget about or it. Or sit
2: at home in my pajamas with a cup of coffee and do it from my laptop.
0: See, Tess is polite. She wears pajamas. Uh, not all of us are wearing clothes <laughs> when we stop online, but thank, that's good. Thank you, Tess. So the, the reality is, you know, Toys R Us went bye-bye because they refused to adapt. They were a world-class brand. They refused to adapt, and they got into turf wars about stores versus online. Walmart is struggling with that exact battle now. Mm. And, and despite the fact that they're still a small part of the market, they have a huge potential. So for everybody paying attention, know that the opportunity is increasing. Uh, that means a, a bigger pie, but the competition is also increasing. And I think that RGT and other branding solutions are a critical part of a company who really wants to, to last, to be sustainable, to, hmm. to take action, to, to really consider how to establish your brand. Uh, what, what feedback, if any, do you have about my little rant there, Tess?
2: I mean, I, I think you're on the money. I think um, we, we can definitely help. Um, It's, the tide is rising. I like how you say that. Um, It's going to be exciting to see where things are going.
0: Um. Yeah, it is. From my perspective, uh, not only is the tide rising, but to to re-emphasize Tessa's earlier point, the competition is increasing. And it's the people who are paying attention are the big brands. The -hmm. Procter & Gamble's realize they're actually under a lot of stress. Because some little guy can put a, a product that competes with Procter and Gamble online with ease. We don't need the multi-million-dollar launch budget just you know for the first day of, of you know TV ads or what have you. So Procter and Gamble, as big as they are and as, as old as they are, they have to innovate. They have to adapt. And without it, they will suffer you know, the same fate as Toys R Us and some of the other retail uh, no. giants out there. Uh, Tess, when you think about you know branding. Uh, Is there anything that kind of sticks out in your mind that that sellers are making mistakes about? Maybe you could just share a common mistake before I uh, close it up today.
2: Common mistake.
0: Gosh, I... Yeah, but uh, no no, uh, pressure on that point. Uh, I'll give you one that I think they're doing, is I think they're often uh, taking the short-term tactical approach. Right. They instead of them saying, I want to do this long term, they they hear about some little shortcut on Facebook or uh, through the grapevine. It's like, hey, I can hire this guy in the back alleyway. He will go do something and make my reviews go up and make my uh, votes go up and make my, you know, just some, some guy in the back alleyway. And I think that short term thinking is is hampering a lot of sellers from building a long term, sustainable, uh, equity based business. Do you, do you think I'm anywhere close to reality there?
2: I think so. Um, we've talked to several people who who want it to happen now. You know, they, uh, a couple just had a baby. They're trying to get mom to be able to stay home. So let's sell something on Amazon. So I think um, planning to draw an income early and quickly is a mistake. Uh, you need to be able to reinvest. So kind of slow and steady wins the race. Um and and people don't want to hear that, but I, I think you're right. They don't want, you know, you hire somebody to make you go boom. If you don't have everything else in place to sustain any kind of growth, uh, whether it's cash flow or social proof or what have you, it's not gonna sus- be sustainable.
0: Yeah, very, very wise words there. Uh I definitely encourage awesomers out there. You know think about your long term, don't think about th- today, even tomorrow. Uh, you, you can't ignore those facts, but don't, put an appropriate amount of time on really what you're trying to do, the why behind the whole operation and and you know what your big picture goals are uh, I've, uh, I've enjoyed our time today, Tess. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing some of your vision and, and how brands can, can get better. Any final words of wisdom you care to share with the uh, awesomers out there?
2: I, slow and steady builds the race. <laughs> It's I not like my that. words of wisdom, but, um, and we're happy to help.
0: Yes, I definitely agree with that. And I've had firsthand good success with this. And again, you can go to the show notes page uh, for this and, and we'll share some of the, the links and maybe even some of the, the uh, examples that, that uh, we've seen. And it's something that we believe in and that's why we're sharing it.
1: So uh, for all the customers out there, we
0: will be right
1: back. Empowering, the name says it all. Connecting e-commerce entrepreneurs with great people, ideas, systems, and the services needed to stay business dynamic and to grow. Empowery is a network, a cooperative venture of tools and resources to make you better at what you do, because we love what you do. We are you. Visit Empowery.com to learn more. You're listening to the Awesomers Podcast.
0: How about that? Uh, Tess is so insightful and knowledgeable about building brands and about helping e-commerce entrepreneurs in particular, expand their brands and and their reach within different marketplaces, I really enjoy the fact that they are taking on the specialty of helping out various entrepreneurs uh, build up and generate awareness. And they're developing this across a number of different platforms. And I think that this is something that anybody who's launching a new product, or perhaps even needing to relaunch to generate some additional awareness they should take a look at this concept and this methodology that RGT puts forward because it gives you a real chance, a real opportunity to you know experience another way of doing things that we've we've seen all kinds of methods out in the marketplace. Now over time there's been all kinds of different ways of trying to uh, coordinate your, your marketing efforts and your brand building efforts, uh, the general kind of awareness of your brand or product. And some of those work better uh, at different times than they do today. Uh, this is definitely a technique that uh, I've used personally and firsthand, and I, I certainly think a lot of it. And I think a lot of Tess and, and the, the team there at RGT, including Renee, and even the husbands who kind of help out from time to time, I suppose. Um, they're really, really committed to entrepreneurs, and I love that about them uh, because, as you know, I also love entrepreneurs. Uh, so again, if you'd like to find the show notes page, this is episode number thirty, and you go to awesomers.com backslash thirty. As always, that's where you'll find the show notes and relevant details, any links, including the opportunity for you to find out more about how to utilize this very unique service offering. Well, we've done it again, everybody. We have another episode of the Awesomers podcast ready for the world. Thank you for joining us, and we hope that you've enjoyed our program today. Now's a good time to take a moment to subscribe, like, and share this podcast. Heck, you could even leave a a review if you wanted. Awesomers around you will appreciate your help. It's only with your participation and sharing that we'll be able to achieve our goals. Our success is literally in your hands. Thank you again for joining us. We are at your service. Find out more about me, Steve Simonson, our guest team, and all the other Awesomers involved at Awesomers.com. Thank you again.
1: Awesomers.com.